0: Spoonful of Paolo, here we go.
1: Hey everyone, it's Paolo. Now today we have a special episode for you because I am talking with actress Elisa Donovan. Now we all remember her from Clueless, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and 90210, and so much more. But today she has a beautiful book out called Wake Me When You Leave. Let me tell you, I read her book. It is so personal and so touching, and I can't wait for you guys to read it. So I'll see you guys with Elisa Donovan. Alisa Donovan, hi!
0: Hi! I'm so happy to see you! <laughs> I know! The
1: last time I, I, we saw each other was when you were guessing guest on A Spoonful of Apollo the first time, which was, I think it was November of 2013!
0: It was I, crazy! I That's and I, right, my daughter was super small. Yeah, she, she was like was 18 like months, old. I
1: think. She was like, yeah, yeah, about a year and a half old, I know! Yep.
0: Wow! Yep.
1: <laughs> so I want to say uh, thank you again for coming back on our show. I'm really excited obviously i want to congratulate you with your new book um it honestly i read it obviously and i want to say that you know i found it so beautiful so raw so hopeful funny you know with something that you have been through um in a short period of time with Losing your father, losing your job, um, you know, losing a relationship that you thought you were going to be marrying this this person. So I just want to thank you for being so open. I, I want to start by saying that. Thank you. Because it, oh, it was. I want to say,
0: first of all, thank you for reading it. Of course. <laughs> and I'm so happy that you have that response to it. Um, it's really, you know, it's a piece of my heart or my whole heart and soul, really. And my hope is that people will feel more. Uh, comfortable sharing these kinds of things, you know, it's, I really believe that they, there are challenges in life, big and small, and, and they can enhance our lives and make us have a greater connection to humanity and to understanding ourselves. And so, um, I hope that we can kind of open up that dialogue a little bit more, you know, rather than being afraid of it or saying, oh, I don't like to talk about difficult things. And, you know, I, I hope we shift that.
1: Well, I think we're going to start that right now in this interview, um, because I know this has been a process for you, because I think you started it. It was a one woman show back in 2008 at Geffen Theater. And, right. and now here you put your heart and your soul into this and it's coming out on June 8th what mm-hmm. do you think that moment will feel like for you because this has been a work in progress you you have poured your heart and soul into this
0: i it's kind of indescribable is what i will say i i it but at the same so i'm i'm so elated and then i also feel like when we do these projects that are are our soul projects that i believe are are meant to be done and meant to be put into the world there's just a of a feeling of freedom and and like a flow that happens where i feel so um just really excited and and um i kind of can't believe it i feel uh, really proud of it and just happy that finally people are going to be able to to Read it, you know this it's it's a the culmination of, of a tremendous amount of work and uh, that just feels really fulfilling yeah
1: we'll take it in you better take in every second of that day because you deserve it you really (laughs) do um you know you start off the book by that phone call the phone call that we no one ever wants to get um you know when your Mm. brother calls you to to give you the news about your father um tell us about that because i think we all remember that i mean i remember just a couple months ago i got that phone call because my mom has been really sick and you're never going to forget that phone call um but for you you were in your car and what happens your brother calls you to tell you what
0: Yes. So um, first, I'm so sorry to hear about your mom. Thank you. I've been thinking about you guys and, and thinking good thoughts all the time. That means a
1: lot to me. Thank um, you, my dear. Thank you.
0: So I was just sitting in my car out outside of the Mayfair market, which is now something else in LA. And um, I had just found out that um, Sabrina was canceled and I did not have a job. And, I had the, the the script of another pilot that I thought I was going to do, but I didn't get the job. And I'm just kind of sitting there in the parking lot, like, oh, what's gonna happen here with my life? <laughs> you know? And then my phone rings and it's my brother. And he says, Dad has terminal cancer of the esophagus, and it's inoperable. And I remember just sitting there, and it was like a hot summer day, and I'm in, in my car with the air conditioning on. And there was just this deafening silence. And I thought, I can't, what? Like, I just, I didn't understand what was really happening. I felt like, what does that even mean? My cancer is this kind of amorphous idea that I had no experience with and this can't really be happening. And it just felt like everything was falling to pieces and you know i i i i didn't even know what to say it's like i didn't believe what he was saying and so it took me out of of the work stuff for a minute but i still couldn't really metabolize it like i just i just didn't believe it i was like well what does that mean really you know is he really sick like is he i couldn't i just couldn't conceive like, of it take it he in was and, this, like healthy yeah. yeah yeah like your mind go you have to try to uh to make sense of it. And it just takes a very long time to make sense of it until you actually see the person you see what's happening and you go, Oh, okay.
1: I mean, it's, especially because it's it's a parent, it's your father. So it's just to take it all in and to understand it and say, wait, terminal what? The C word? Oh, my God. Like, because we all know someone who's dealing with cancer. But when it comes to you and it's an, your own family member, someone you love, it just changes it all. You know, but throughout it your really book, does. you really write some, you have some beautiful moments with your father. And one particular that I really fell in love with, um, you write, when you went to go home, you went to go visit him, you said... Um, His lips were so dry, I had never seen anything so cracked and chapped. I took the lip balm from the nightstand and dabbed it onto my fingertip and softly applied to his lips. I took the hand lotion and gently rubbed it into his hands. I was tender in a way that I didn't know I could be. For me, that really stood out because that's what I'm doing with my mom right now is just those moments of the chapstick the lotion on the feet Mm -hmm. on and it's like Mm -hmm. you're just there and i'm i'm present right now just doing all this stuff for you Mm -hmm. when you were writing this did you know that you were were you being present at the moment or are you like what the Mm -hmm. heck am i doing what's happening with my dad
0: i felt like there was this uh you know an instinctual thing that you do i just um, i just went oh okay the the chapstick is here Uh, obviously it's here for a reason oh i should put this on his and i I didn't have that kind of uh, intimate and comfortable relationship with my dad. So it it wasn't, it didn't come naturally per se, but I felt like I'm put in this situation. I almost felt more present than I ever had in my life, I think. And at the same time, disassociating, you know, like, oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to do this. This is what I'm supposed to do. And trying to to, to, to say, okay, this is happening. I need to remember this. I felt that a lot through the whole process of kind of standing outside of myself and saying, this is something I should be remembering. Like I, I need to, to, to remember this, but you kind of, some things are too much. So you, I kind of like took it in pieces, you know, but that moment of the, that really brought everything into, into perspective for me. Cause that was the first moment that I really saw him sick when I had gone home before to visit the month or two before he didn't look well. It was clear, but he was, he was home and he was up and about and things. Um, so that moment, that first moment in the hospital was like a real shocker. That was, that was a big one.
1: I remember there was a moment when you were in the hospital and they were telling you, the doctors, that your father was going to be able to go home on Christmas Day. And you were getting ready to go give your father the good news that you're get to go home on Christmas Day. And as you were walking to the <sighs> room, you were thinking of all the moments that he brought you comfort and relief. And and one of those moments I'll share what you write, you say, um, I thought of the moment years ago when I called him and told him I just spent the night in the hospital because of my anorexia. I admitted that I had been starving myself for years and was finally, truly going into recovery, terrified. He very calmly and steadily said, I love you. I don't know anything about this thing. Just tell me what you need. How can I help you? And I will. You're going to be okay. I mean, did that moment help you get to where you needed to be, like regarding your health? Like, that must have been such a a sacred, beautiful moment for you. Like, just thinking of that you know
0: yes yeah because i he (laughs) so many things because i um when that was happening i i was so uh in the hospital when i was thinking about it i was so excited to be able to do something for him in that way, you know, to comfort him and make him feel good. So I had this idealistic idea of how it was going to go, you know, that I was going to walk in and give him this beautiful news. And he was going to say, you're a wonderful daughter. And thank you. And, you know, that's not what happened. He was furious and angry. And, you know, it was, it it, it was horrible. It was one of the most difficult moments in the whole process and, you know, so that also taught me that, that lesson of, you know, we can prepare for anything and we have our ideas about how we want everything to go. And life just doesn't, doesn't always roll out in the same way. You know, there's sometimes a different plan. And, um, but when that was happening with my, when I was anorexic, him, just that, that kind of very direct, but loving response immediately made me feel like, oh, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. Even though I had no idea of how to do that and no real desire yet to get healthy. uh, I felt like, oh, this is, I, he's, I'm going to be okay because he is involved, you know? Gosh,
1: that must have been such a beautiful, aha, light bulb moment for you to know that you really have to take care of yourself and you and you did that you know you did that so that's so Mm -hmm. beautiful when i was reading your book really you also remind us all that even when you lose someone that they're always still there with you you know that they really never they really never leave you you know um for you when did you feel able that you were able to have peace with your father was there a moment where you were able to say okay he may be gone but i'm okay because you have whatever it is, memories or something. I don't know. Yeah,
0: it's it, 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 obviously it's a long process, uh, but I definitely had that real moment. I talk about it in the book through one of my dreams with him. I've had a few of them, but this one, their visitation dreams. They feel very different from, from normal nightly dreams. Like you can tell that it's, I, you, I felt very lucid uh it's just it's just different you can tell and he kind of looked at me and at first he was he was he looked very sick like he did when he was at the end of his life and we had this moment where we spoke to each other through our minds and i told him everything about my life i told him like everything that had happened that he missed and how important he was in my life and i said you know you are i am who i am because of you and i and i thank you and he looked at me and he suddenly became healthy again and he hugged me and i woke up from this dream and i was so filled with peace and um it was like he was looking at me and he understood me you know he he got me i felt I felt it sounds so silly, but I felt I felt seen like he finally understood who I am as 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 a human being and as an artist and as a person and and a daughter, because, you know, we struggled a lot in our relationship. He didn't really you know, he was a corporate guy. He didn't understand what I do for a living. It was always like, what are you doing? You know, like what? And so um, it was, you know, we, we just we battled a lot and we had intellectual battles about things and about politics and about religion and everything. And so I think in after he passed away, it's we he actually understands me more now than he did when he was alive. And that to me has been an enormous revelation and an incredible comfort to me that this feeling of when someone dies they're they, they physically might leave but they're they're not gone like their spirit is always with us and always looking after us and
1: i like um, i was cro- like the part when you were um the, the when you're saying goodbye to your father i i'll, I'll read it i like uh your writing I, I said this before but you took it to the whole new level because it's so beautiful how you write and when you write about saying goodbye to your father yeah. really you write you said um this was so surreal, but I felt like I had to say goodbye. In the moment, I wasn't sure if it was more for him or for me. But I knew I had to make the conscious and literal decision to truly let go of him. I leaned mm. down and put my mouth to his ear. Be free. I whispered, just pitch your bright blue skies. Feel the warm breeze. Just float to peace. I love you, Dad. You've been a great father. Thank you. I stood up and walked out of the bedroom watching him as I left. Did you know how beautiful that mum was? Or did you not realize until you were writing this book? Because that, I mean, it's like I think anyone in that that situation, you want to just like say what you want to say. And sometimes we get scared because we don't want to realize what's happening right in front of you. But you did that. You said, I'm not going to wait. I'm going to say what I'm thinking, what I want to say to my dad. So was that like, did you know back when you were doing this, did you understand what was happening and that you were.
0: So I, you know, after I had had my fantastical idea in the hospital that like he was going to greet my, my, you know, my solutions with all this great joy and it did not go that way. I really retreated and felt like, I don't know how to, what to do or how to, but in that moment after because the hospice nurse had just left for essentially the last time and i thought this is it i can't it, 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 it's it's this very bizarre kind of indescribable moment of feeling like you know he couldn't talk it was that that heavy the breathing that the, the, when the end of someone's life that they call the death rattle and i knew that he wasn't going to be able to verbally respond but i still felt nervous i felt nervous to say something and i felt like like you say i that really makes it real but i also don't know how to but i just knew something in me just said you need to do this for yourself and you need him to hear you because i didn't feel like i had said everything i wanted to say And so I just thought I just have to do this. And I, I told him what I, I think what I would want to hear, you know, um, I, I feel like that's what I was thinking maybe. And I just, and that was one of the hardest things to do because it just felt, I knew I had to, but it felt incomplete. It felt like I should stay? Should I go? You know, I just, it's all such a a mess. But I I knew that I had to do that for myself, that I would feel that I couldn't just not say goodbye in that way.
1: Yeah. You just, it's that something in you telling you, just do it. You're not going to regret it. You're going to love this. You need this moment with your father, because if you were trying to fight it, you probably then would have regretted it. You wouldn't have, you just wouldn't have that moment that you write about in your book, you know? Yep. Wow. I know that there were some moments where your father has come to you while you were writing this book. Um, You've had some special moments. I think one, I remember (laughs) hearing, you're writing about horses, but I think then you heard horses outside or something, which. Yes. Like, tell us, because these are some like,
0: I, I love this, the, the, these kinds of things have there's I mean, there are so many in the book, but they ha- continue to happen all the time, especially now that I've been promoting the book the book is done. It's like he's like right over here, like, hello, you know, um, <laughs> like every time I look at the clock, 1028, that's his birthday, October 28th, like any time like it's all these sorts of weird things. But so I was writing. Um, the, the, uh, there's also a film in development, uh, that is a little more fictional, but it's obviously based on this. And I was writing the screenplay and I was in our old flat where we lived in, in San Francisco. And I, w- my, my daughter was very young. She was still a baby, I think. And Um, I was rereading what I had written in the dreams. There's a dream with horses and they're on this kind of suburban street. And I started rereading that section and I just got so frustrated. And I said, this is never going to happen. Like horses on a sidewalk. This is ridiculous. This is stupid. Like no one's going to believe that like, this is just terrible. This is not going to work. And I put it down and I promise you, I heard, I thought it sounded like horses, hooves on the sidewalk. And I went, I'm really losing my mind now. And then I went to the window in this big bay window. And sure enough, there are two men on horseback clip clopping across the sidewalk. And my mouth just dropped. And I, I, I froze and went, uh, okay, maybe I should keep doing this. You know, maybe I should just keep on writing it. And so I went back to it and, you know, this is the thing that I, I, when something really is, is important to us, like a passion project, no matter what it is, and, and we really feel compelled to, to, to bring it to fruition and to, to get it done, there can often be a lot of challenges along the way and a lot of roadblocks and a lot of things. And, I just want to say how important it is to to stay the course, you know, to live the frustrations, move through them and keep going, because it could be the next moment, it could be the next day when you have that breakthrough and it's like don't give up before the miracle, you yeah. know.
1: Yeah, it's true. You know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. when When your when your reps, your publicist, and they send me the book. I was a little bit nervous to read it at first, and I only say that because of what I'm dealing with with, with my mom, you know. And I was yes. nervous, but I have to say, it is one of the best decisions that I've made this whole year reading your book because. These last couple of days, when I'm with my mom, you know, we, each day a sibling and I, we take turns staying with my mom, with my dad and the caregiver, you know, and, you know, she's improving a little bit, but, you know, she, there's things we got to work on with her. And um, I think of when you write about, we talked about the, 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 the lotion in the hand, or you saying goodbye to your father, I think of these moments. And for me, it really has helped me. It has helped me so much. And I want anyone else who's watching this, whether you have a loved one who's really sick or you lost someone, your book really could really help you in so many ways. So for you, what is the one core message you want, you know, the readers to take out from reading your book? You can tell me.
0: That that I want them to feel I want them to feel uh, supported and 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 hopeful and and to know that challenges are a, a part of what makes life beautiful. It gives us it gives us depth it gives us as i said before this connection to humanity and and a a feeling of real importance and the beauty of of existence and that sounds kind of esoteric and big and you know all over the place but it's it's really true that my my life from this experience is so much richer now and so much fuller and if someone had Told me that before, I would have thought they were crazy. And it's not that I don't miss my dad or I don't feel, of course I do. Uh, But he's so there. And I get those messages all the time of him like, what do you mean? I'm missing it. I'm not missing anything, you know? And so it's just on a different level. So the one thing I hope that people feel uh, hopeful and that they feel connected and know that when someone, and passes they they don't really leave us they just never do
1: oh that's so beautiful and i well, add on to that i think it's also what i got from reading your book is that you're never alone really like hearing <laughs> your story and i'm you're in my mind when i'm with my mom just reading your story you're in my mind because I'm thinking of what you went through with your dad and that we're all kind of going through the same thing with these little things of when you're alone with your parent or sibling or loved one and you're doing these mm-hmm. things to take care of them, whether it's moving their body or adding the lotion yeah. or washing them, yeah. combing their hair. It's all these little things that I never really have done for my mother, but I've been doing them the last couple of weeks since she came home. And it's just something that it's, as hard and as ugly this whole thing is it's there's a lot of beautiful moments in there and and i got that from reading your book as well yeah
0: yes yes it really is i feel for you because i know how obviously how how difficult it is while it's happening it's really uh it's a lot and it's all encompassing and i'm sure you feel like you're it's like you're living in this underground cave world you know where everything is just that and then you walk on the street and you're like nobody knows what's going on you know yes. you can feel very it's, disconnected it's true like even people. like
1: we we live in an apartment building in chicago and we go in the elevator and someone's saying hello to me this is going to be a great day and i'm like it's gonna be a great day but if it's like it's it's just what you said i'm thinking well It is going to be a great day, but you have no idea what I'm going through right now. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to sit here with the elevator. We only have like 10 seconds and tell you that I am really sad. I'm shocked. I'm confused. Why is my mom going through this? She was so great and healthy. She's 65 years old. It's just, you're just thinking all of this stuff, but you know, you have to find the resources and your book, Wake Me When You Leave is one of them that I just say, you know, from the bottom of my heart, thank you because you really are so open in this Uh book and I want everyone to read it and not be afraid, not be afraid. Really? Yes.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's really I'm I'm so thank you so much. That's that's why I wrote it.
1: <laughs> thank you. And I thank you for writing it. Really. I mean, I could talk to you for another 30 minutes, but then your reps are going to yell at me. I got to let you go. But <laughs> I just I want to tell everyone out there. So, you know, June 8, your book comes out and you work so hard. And, and I and I just want to say that I adore and love you. I think you're just such an amazing person. You've been through so much in your life, and I look at you as a role model to say that if you can get through that, I'll get through this. I will, okay?
0: Oh, beautiful. I love you very much, and you have such a phenomenal spirit, and, and you will. You will get through this, and and these moments, you just, you just stay present in the moment, and one follows the next, and your your mom is with you and she's appreciating all of this right now because that's the other thing i know sometimes when they're sick it's like you can't always she may not always be as appreciative as you might like her to be (laughs) or maybe she is but you know it's they they really are you know it's it's just it's an important time it's an important time
1: oh, i'll be thinking in italy you know my family's from italy when your ears ring it's because someone's talking about you you feel like a little like bell in your ears well just know if your ears have a little bell it's because i'll be thinking and talking a lot about you in the next couple of weeks so it's probably gonna okay. you know, oh it's paolo again there he goes there he goes you know i will
0: love it i will love <laughs>
1: okay. it okay okay well thank you congratulations again i am so proud of you thank okay
0: you. Thank you so much, Paolo, and lots of love to you and your family. I
1: Thank you. Thank, I ta- I'll take that in. I love you so much. Okay.
0: okay. Have a great day, okay? Me bye. too. Thank you. Bye. 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 Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thanks for joining me today on the A Spoonful of Paolo podcast. For tons more interviews or the video version of this episode, visit our website, aspoonfulapalo.com, or our YouTube channel. I'm Paolo Presta, and I hope you always remember to dream big. Spoon dream big. Dream big.
0: Dream big. full of Paolo!
1: <laughs> I love you, Oprah. Bye, everyone. We'll see you next time.